Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. We're back here on the Believe in NFL Draft Prospects podcast. Joe DeLeon, Ryan Roberts. And today, it's actually, uh, in a way, the start of the NFL draft cycle for the 2023 class. I know that we've spent time talking about various guys, guys declaring, guys getting invites to the Senior Bowl, big performances on a week-to-week basis. But we're officially at that spot where guys are declaring, they're opting out of bowl games. We know who's a part of this class right now, Ryan. So that means we turn our attention to doing some scouting reports, which we're going to do plenty of throughout this draft cycle. Ryan, are you excited? I am, man. I am. I actually started uh, doing final evaluation scouting reports like uh, last week. So, yeah, man, it's uh, it's draft season officially for the people that don't do this year round like we do. So it'll be uh, it's going to be fun. So I can feel bad about myself because I've done two final evaluations or no, three. I've done three final evaluations on interior offensive linemen. How many nice. have you done? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have a number in front of me. I don't have a number in front of me, man. I can pull give up my the stuff. sickos a number. We want to hear something on, crazy on interior offensive linemen or in general. Just, what, just what? if you had to spitball, just give us a. We know that this is like oh, it's got to be over thirty. No, not finals. I would say maybe like seventeen. Nah, it's not over that's, thirty. That's still a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's what I do, man. Uh, and if you're no, a draft no, you're, 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 like us, you're going to love this. Uh, these I, shows. I mean, I've watched a ton of players and I have notes written up on guys. But as far yeah. as like having complete evals, nah, I'm not not nowhere near 30. That's that's a lot, man. You think I'm a machine or something? Well, you are also a little crazy like I am. So I, am crazy. I wouldn't be surprised if you did have a, a, a big number. But today we are starting things off with two scouting reports, uh, one on Osiris Torrance from Florida, the other on McClendon Curtis from Chattanooga, very different levels of football. Before we get into the first one, which is McClendon, or sorry, before we get into the first one, which is Osiris Torrance from Florida, I just want to tell you folks about Bet Online, where is the uh, best place to find all the latest odds, news, updates for your sports betting needs. BetOnline.ag has everything from football to basketball. Maybe you want to start getting in some early bets for the NFL draft, who you think is going to be that first overall pick can never start betting too early. And if you want to do that, make sure you go to betonline.ag. It's my go-to source for betting. So easy to use, uh, so easy to access. Very, very simple interface. If you're going to do it, go to uh, use promo code BELIEVE, that is B-L-E-A-V, to get a welcome bonus, pretty significant one. Uh, Betonline.ag, again, is where you want to head for that. All right, Ryan. Mm Mm-hmm. Let's start talking about Osiris Torrance. Uh, He was very exciting to watch. And we talked about him coming from Louisiana, transferring over to Florida. Mm -hmm. Big, 
massive freaking dude. And I think we were both very, very optimistic for his development. And for me, he really felt like he took that next step. And this guy is just so freaking strong. The flexibility to me was really starting to show up and he's starting to play uh, up to that level of, of uh, capability that he has as an athlete, as an interior offensive lineman. So from like your perspective, Ryan, from what we saw, what he did at Florida, what are the things that caught your attention? I mean, the first thing, Joe, is like from a body type perspective, because we, we did have preseason numbers on him, which he was right around six foot five, 347 pounds, 33 and a quarter inch arms, a seven foot wingspan, and also had 11 and an eighth inch hands. So this is, I mean, to call this gentleman massive would be a, a massive understatement, right? No pun intended. Like he is a big dude. And I mean, he's like one of those dudes that can block out the sun or block out the screen on the all 22. <laughs> like he's that type of guy. Right. So I think that it was easy to see that he would be able to transition over from Louisiana to Florida, you know, a bump up obviously from a Sunbelt squad all the way up to the sec conference. But I think that when you look at him, man, like he, he is an sec caliber guard right off the back, just to how large and, and I mean, He's well proportioned too, because it's not yeah. like he's one of those guys that actually looks shorter than he is at sometimes. Because you're just like he's just a wide dude, like he's just so round. stocky. Yeah, he's just so stocky. But then you're like, oh, he's also six five and has decent length at guard as well. I mean, he is bordering on tackle length at, at the position. So seeing a guy like him, man, immediates can displace gaps with the best of them in college football. The the power he can create in some very tight windows and the movement he could create is outrageous. And I actually think that he's a pretty good athlete for his size as well, Joe. Like I don't, I don't think that he's just a power scheme only guard. I think he could do some inside zone stuff. I think he could do some outside zone stuff. I will say maybe trim down the frame a little bit if you're mm. a more of a zone exclusive team overall at the next level. But I think when you're talking about just the brute strength power and good enough foot quickness, I think you're I think you're talking about a starting guard at the next level who's going to be a good player bordering on a pro bowler in the right situation. Like, I mean, he screams Baltimore Raven to me all day, yeah. right? Like, can't you just see him in that type of scheme being in that type of system? But I, I just think that he is starter traits all over the place. And one thing you do notice, first of all, from that transition to from Louisiana, uh, very clearly in a lot better shape. Like he physically looks like he's in a lot better shape. And that's one of those things, too. We'll see improvements throughout his pre-draft process because that's what his focus is going to be 1,000% with whatever uh, strength coach that he has is going to be, all right, let's get you to lean down a little bit, not lose yep. weight, but get into a little bit better control of holding the weight. And Florida's already done a really good job of that. I will say... The power is evident. Uh, I wrote down that like he's like a forklift. He is a guy who on a on a duo block, he's picking guys up, and he's just the minute whoever he's working with branches off, he's still going and he's carrying that guy downfield. Like it, it is is like teach tape how you want to show some of these guys how they want to pick up those double teams. Yeah, I mean, and I think a big part of that, Joe, is obviously he's got the lower body strength, right? Like he's got a massive lower half. But also, I mentioned the hand size, 11 and a quarter. Like those are big hands. And I think yeah. it matches up, right? Like this kid has vice grips for hands. When he yes. gets inside of you, it's over with. Like he's going to be able to displace very easy at the next level. I, I wrote on both as a run blocker and a pass blocker. The minute that he mm -hmm. does get that good grip inside, yeah. it's the rep's usually over. That that yes. hand strength is is so freaky. It's so scary. The one thing I will say is that you still do get shades of that rawness. Like his footwork is inconsistent. It's a little slow at times, which makes sense for how freaking big he is. But it, it, it he moves well 
for a player of his size. But I just had some issues with occasional angles. Uh, actually, not occasional. I had an issue with angles, with timing, um, with hand placement in certain spots. As a pass blocker, his technique and his footwork, I think, need to be improved. And that's why we're not sitting here talking about him, I think, as a, as a likely first-round pick. I think that right. there are, is refinement that is necessary for, for a guy like Torrance. When I think that it's necessary refinement too, not only just, I mean, like you can look at every player and be like, you know, he needs to be more consistent from a technical perspective. And like, yes, it's true across the board, but I think it's really important for a guy like Osiris Torrance because at 347 pounds, which if with a frame that maybe could trim down a little bit, right? He's a guy that I think he has adequate foot quickness. Like when he gets moving in a, a straight line, he's a very good linear athlete, in my opinion. Like he can work up to second level. But when he has to redirect in space a little bit, I mean, he's a big guy, man. Like there's just going to be some natural tightness there, change in direction. So I don't think he's the most flexible player of all time, but I also don't think we should expect him to be super flexible. But when you are that type of player, Joe, where maybe you are a little laboring as far as changing direction and being a better player in space, you're going to have to take proper angles. You're going to have to, right? Because that's how you mediate that, that inconsistency, that, that, that liability, I guess, to a degree. Right. So I think that, uh, I mean, people are going to look at him and say power system guard, no doubt, but I do think that there's more upside than that. Right. Like I do think that there's some scheme diversity to an Osiris Torrance. I, again, I just think it comes down to, I agree he got in better, better shape from Louisiana to Florida. But I think there's a next level you can take as far as just continuing to trim down that frame a little bit, add better weight back to it, those types of things. He's not going to lose the power profile because he's just densely built everywhere. Like he's always going to be a powerful guy. I think it's about now let's trim, let's become more a little more flexible. If you can, then we're talking about a complete scheme-diverse offensive guard that could play in any system. Early on in his career, he's probably better in a power system, but my point is, is that I think that he has enough foot quickness, foot quickness and enough athleticism overall that if he maintains his body properly, he can be a scheme-diverse guard. Absolutely, and i got to say, if you haven't figured this out, if you tuned in to the off-season, the summer scouting version of this, this breakdown on Torrance, my evaluation on him and my perspective on him is, is significantly better. Like it, yep. he is, he has taken a significant jump forward in my eyes. Um, I gave him an early to mid day two grade. So essentially, mm -hmm. I see this guy going somewhere in the second round. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Uh, I think a lot of teams are going to be wary on taking him in the first round because they're going to prioritize other position groups and they may be some more refined players but once you get to round two this is the the perfect example of a guy like holy shit he's got all the traits let's just get him in and maybe in a couple years he really works out with that pro bowl potential that you're talking about or at the very least he he has the capability to, to just be like a a quality starter like a really yes. like to uh a slightly below average like a very mediocre starter is what i see mm -hmm. as his floor right now because of those traits where if his technique is is as shitty as it is right now and he mm -hmm. doesn't improve that at all. The power is enough to keep him in for for a few years as a as a mediocre starter. So that's my floor for him with that Pro Bowl potential. Why I'm willing to take him in the second round.
Yeah, no, I think it makes total sense. I mean, I mean, Joe, I think that he did really good for himself transferring to Florida, right? Like, there's not going to be a level of, of there's going to be a level of competition concerns anymore. He played in the SEC, continued to have a lot of production, and now he's going to go to the Senior Bowl, and I think he's going to do a tremendous job down in Mobile and be able to again show why he is arguably the top guard in the 2023 class. Like, you can make that type of argument for Osiris Torrance. So, I think that he is a top 64 player all day. I do not see him straying past the second round because I think that every team is going to look at Osiris Torrance and saying, hey, maybe the upside isn't catastrophic, but the floor is just so high. This kid is a starting caliber offensive guard, and I agree with you. I think that the floor is that he is at least a sound starter, but I think he has plus starter traits if you get into the right situation, maybe there's a Pro Bowl in the future. But regardless, I think that he's a very solid starting offensive guard at the next level. Absolutely. So our our next guy that we're talking about, and there are some similarities in terms of the frame and the build. McClendon Curtis from Chattanooga. He has a Senior Bowl invite. Uh, he is going to be likely attending and participating in this. And if you're wondering, oh, what's the significance of Chattanooga? They did produce a first-round guard last year in Cole Strange, and he's been a bit inconsistent with the Patriots, but has shown some tremendous upside as a player uh, because of that raw strength. We're getting a very, very different player in McClendon Curtis, and the one thing that I wrote down, I know that you've got measurements for days, Ryan, and I'm really curious on what the measurements are for him. He has this, and it's a little goofy. It's not like your typical technique when when, when you pass protect, but he likes to stick his both of his arms out when he's trying to like feel pressure, which is it's not typical. But when I watched him do that, I the the first thing that I wrote down is holy shit, this guy's frame is massive. His <laughs> arm length, his ability just to stretch his arms and to be able to do that and touch both of the shoulders of the center and the tackle is insane. So what is the arm length here? Do you have a number? I, we do have a number. It's thirty-five inch arms and a six eleven wingspan. Which Wait, what was what was what was Torrance? Torrance had thirty-three and a quarter inch arms. So uh, McClendon oh, Curtis, McClendon Curtis is thirty-five inch arms. Which for people that don't understand measurements, and in, in like thirty-four is a great number for an offensive tackle. It's a really good number for an offensive tackle. Thirty-five is long, brother. Like that is some silly length for an offensive tackle which is why I think that Chattanooga tried him out at offensive tackle this year. I mean, I spoke to Rusty Wright in the preseason where he said that he thought McClendon Curtis was arguably the best talent that he has ever coached, and that includes Cole Strange that went in the first round last year. And I think that you see those traits, Joe, because last year McClendon played about 340 pounds. He was down to about 325 this year, still around 6'6", 35-inch arms, playing more offensive tackle, and I actually watched – Two of his games playing tackle this year. Yeah. One in the beginning of the year, one at the end of the year. I'll say this, man. He's definitely a guard at the next level. There's no doubt because I just I don't think he's comfortable on an island, but he did have massive improvements from early in the season to the end of the season. So I wouldn't be shocked if some teams look at him and say, in the right system, maybe I can get some tackle play out of him. But regardless, like I I I don't think that that's his long-term spot. I think he's a true guard. Because he, like Torrance in a lot of ways, is silly powerful, man. Silly powerful and silly long. And those guys are always going to play on the next level. They're always going to play. Yeah, that was one of the things that I I wrote down is him having experience playing tackle is going to help his 
projection to the next level because the teams that know that if he is a spot starter that we have to throw a tackle in any circumstance like that is going to help his his projection his his draft ability okay. uh we were talking about how raw torrance was uh <laughs> he is really freaking raw mcclendon yes. curtis is really really freaking raw there are so many issues with his technique his footwork uh his hand placement it it's all over the place it's very <laughs> very inconsistent but because of that length and then because of like his natural power going up yep. against some of those FCS linemen, he's very easily able to dominate those guys. And that's what oh, makes yeah. him uh, very exciting as a prospect. Like why I, I will say I'm high on him as a projectable developmental type player. There's going to be a lot of work that needs to take place. And he, again, extremely raw, but those tools that he brings to the table are extremely rare. There, there are not yep. a lot of guys that have the traits that he has as a guard at the next level. Well, and, and the rawness is understandable to a large degree because he came into the season, although he's that size on the FCS level, he only had 16 starts coming into the year. So he was a relatively inexperienced player. And then, you know, now he goes from offensive guard to offensive tackle as a senior. So there's definitely some inconsistencies because I don't think he's incredibly comfortable playing one spot, especially. So I, but I think that I agree with you hundred percent, Joe, in the sense this kid has some rare traits. You know, like you don't teach this size, right? You don't teach it. There's not a lot of guys walking around with 35 inch, 35 plus inch arms on the next level. There's not a lot of guys at 6'6", 325 with as good a frame as he has. Like he has all those things. And I actually think he moves well for a guy his size, man. Like I think he's got good movement skills. I think his inconsistencies come from, and you mentioned it with the kind of the arms out sometimes in pass protection. <laughs> I don't I don't think he has great spatial awareness right now because no. I think he's still learning the intricacies of playing offensive line and seeing things up front, movements, and being able to diagnose things before they happen. He's a very read and react type of player on the offensive line, which is kind of weird for some people because it'll be like that's a defensive thing, but you can see it for McClendon and Curtis that things are just kind of moving a little fast at times, right? So he sees something, then he adjusts to it. If he gets in with a good offensive line coach, there are starter traits here. There's no Absolutely. doubt about it. I don't think that he should be pressed into it too early in his career. Maybe a year, maybe two years kind of developing behind some veterans. But if he gets in with a – you know, like a Philadelphia Eagles, for instance, because they have a tremendous, tremendous offensive line coach with the Eagles. If he gets in with someone like that, so a guy that a Russ Grimm, a, you know, some of these offensive line coaches that we know and are able to develop him properly, Mike Munchak, like th those guys, I think will get the best out of him. And if you're patient with a guy like McLennan Curtis, I think he's got starter upside. And he's got tremendous, tremendous projection at the next level. He should be a starter if he is if he has taken along and developed properly, he's definitely got that type of upside for me. Yeah. The, the upside is, is huge. It's, it's, it's significant. And we try to project on this show. Like we don't, we don't draft guys, especially now that we're past summer scouting and like we're in the full swing of things. We don't draft guys based on what they are right now. We draft guys based on what they can turn into. And I think even with that development, for me, I'm willing to take him mid to late day two, like somewhere in the third, somewhere in the third round, if not early day three. I, mm -hmm. I just I'm obsessed with the traits. I know that the technique is a mess, and it it is it is volatile. Like he his floor is a lot lower than an Osiris Torrance if he can't figure it out and put it together. Like this is a, a backup likely if he can't figure it out, or he's 
not sticking on a roster. And then the flip side of that, like you're, you're talking about in a patient system, in a patient situation, I think he could be a tremendous player. Like if a guy like Matt Pert from UConn can go where he did and he was so developmental, he didn't pan out. But if a guy like Matt Pert can go where he did, I, I believe that that McClendon Curtis uh, is, is, has that capability to, to turn into a long-term developmental type player. It's possible. I mean, I, I so I have a I have an early fourth round grade on him. So he's going to be a top one hundred and fifty player for me, basically when everything stacks up. Because you know, there's so we're not be, too far. We're not too far off. Yeah, we're not too far. Probably I, off I, by like ten spots. <laughs> right. I, I think I think he's a risk versus reward player. Right. Yeah. I mean, because he is again the upside is tremendous, but he does have a little bit of a lower floor, right? Because there is some some there is some up, and this is the tough part about scouting is that you can't predict what the what the fit is going to be and where he lands, right? And that makes it a little bit difficult. If he lands with a program, an organization that doesn't develop offensive line well, very very well, then he might never be a guy that sticks. Like he he has that type of floor, in my opinion. But if he lands with the right spot, I think that's where the developmental upside comes from. So late day two, I start thinking about it for sure, depending on what the board looks like. But I'd definitely start thinking about it in the fourth round. Like that, I think that's the sweet spot because – you're taking a guy that you know the long term is higher than the floor term of uh, the short term right now. So I think there's a little bit of projection to it, but I do think that he has enough traits where you can talk yourself into, hey, with that size, that length, if he's not a starter within his first two years, it's okay because he has that type of length and athleticism where he can still back up multiple positions. So I like McClendon Curtis a ton. I think he has a lot of developmental upside. It's about patience with him, though, for me. Yeah, one of the more raw players that we're going to discuss uh, in this recruiting cycle and uh, a fun one to project. And I, by the way, I'm calling this right now, Ryan, before we wrap up, he's going to be one of those dudes that he gets to the senior bowl and and he's at the combine and everyone's going to be geeking out about him. He's like, <laughs> you got to check out this guy named McClendon Curtis. And, you know, Never we get to do him. the bit. Yeah, we get to do the bit of like, like, well, actually, we already talked about him. <laughs> how how many people are going to bring up that he's Cole Strange's uh, ex-teammate from last year? <laughs> like a well, billion the ha- times. The, the hacks, and this is why we call this channel Hack City, uh, the hacks that are lazy and aren't going to actually do the evaluation or watch the film are going to be the ones who uh, do that. I, oh, no doubt about it. But they Absolutely. are going to see him. They are going to see him first day of the Cedar Bowl and be like, who the heck is that guy? Yes. Like, what the heck? Yes. <laughs> He's definitely one of those first guy off the bus types. No doubt about it. Exactly. We've got just more like, Just like you were at Rhode Island. I uh, was definitely not. Uh, <laughs> we've got more evaluations coming your way. Again, just want to remind everybody this show is presented by Bet Online. Go to betonline.ag. All the latest updates and odds regarding sports betting. Very easy to use interface. Any sport that you can think of, basketball, football, hockey, baseball, whatever it might be, uh, it is a fantastic resource. BetOnline.ag, use promo code Believe B-L-E-A-V, to get a welcome bonus on your first deposit. Folks, we'll be back with more at Joe DeLeo and at Rise and Draft. Enjoy the rest of your week. We'll talk soon. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. 
Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.